going to do things a little different this year. Is that okay that I change it up? I, uh, I, man, I feel the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I really feel like God's calling us to do things different because if you keep doing it, now, there's one thing, you don't change something that works, right? But you also, you need to switch things up a little bit to say, okay, God, I just want to make sure I'm on the right track and, and, and am I flowing with you? Because more than changing, I, I would call it refining. God refines what we're doing and, and focuses what we're doing and how we're doing it. And so in this scripture, this is where the beginning before Paul Saul becomes Paul. He already had his conversion, but now he's about to be set into ministry where he witnesses to the first Gentile and his name is changed. He never had a name change from Jesus. He had a name change from purpose. And let me just tell you, your identity comes after, after you start walking in your purpose. You don't get a new identity till you start being obedient. Noah wasn't known as the savior, right? Noah was as the ark builder till he started building. Moses wasn't known as a leader till he started leading, right? You got to step out in your purpose. And I want you to see this because then as they prepare to set them in and launch him into ministry and reach the world, before that happens, this has to happen. It says, as they ministered, everybody say ministered. To who? The Lord. And fasted. The Holy Spirit said, I love it when he speaks. Now separate, somebody's going to be separated for your purpose today, to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Oh, go to the next verse. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands. Talking about, this is Peter and some of the leaders of the church laying hands on Barnabas and Paul to go out into ministry. And so they lay hands on them, having fasted and prayed, and sent them away. Somebody's going to be sent on your purpose today. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word that's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's going to go right into our hearts and lives, right where we need. We have all come in different shapes and sizes and backgrounds and testimonies and places of faith. Lord, we thank you that we have all come, and you are as a voice of many waters that you're speaking to every situation and circumstance, as variable as they may be. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're speaking clearly to each and every one of us. Let us have ears to hear and eyes to see today. And Lord, I thank you that may we have the heart to follow through with what we receive. Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for what you're gonna do today. Anoint me for the assignment that you have me on today and the word that you put on my heart today. Let your words be spoken and not my own. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated, yes. Praise God. Great to be in the house of God together today. Uh, we are launching uh, uh, our 21-day fast. And so before we get to Vision Sunday, before we get to that Prophecy and Healing Sunday, before we get to Get in the Game Sunday in February and the sex talk that I give in February, uh, all of you looked up right then. Right when I said that, everybody looked forward. What were we talking about, church? Uh, that's actually one of the most requested popular sermons that I preach, Sex at Church. And so uh, that's our, during our Valentine's Day week. And I talk about the purity and what God, the gift that God created for us. And so anyways, all those are coming. And we're going to talk about the voyage, right? That's our new theme for the year. Before we get there, when you start here. And we're going to start here because this is where God starts. This is where God gets put first. 
This is where we understand how to fast and pray and the implications that it has on our life, the impact that it has on our life. What does it do and how does it help us? How does it, how, how, what, is it, what is the real influence of fasting and pray? How do you fast and pray? We're going to go for 21 days, starting today, all the way through the last Sunday of the month. And then we also have, will you put that text number up there? Uh, we have this number. In fact, pull your phones out right now because we're not only are we a, a texting church, but we're a note-taking church, so you ought to take notes on something. But right here, text that number. And text 21 to that number, and you're going to get a 21-day devotional. Every day during this 21 days, I'm going to have a prayer and a scripture that I want to send to you. And so this is difficult for givers. I'm going to talk to some people who like to have the answers. Some of our men in here, like when your wife comes to you, right, and she just wants to talk to you, but you want to solve the problem, and you just need to learn how to listen, right? Those people, the givers, the solution makers, all of you who love to, to have, a, you know, you like to help people, you like to be the answer for people, it's hard for you to receive. So can I just ask permission from you as you prepare to text that number? Can we encourage you? Is it okay that we, we become an encourager in your life and tell you you're doing great? You're doing good? Okay, cool. That's what We, we want everybody to be encouraged. And I, I know it can be difficult, and it's not from people who are just prideful and don't want help. It's from people who are naturally givers, and they just don't know how to receive well, right? So let's receive. So that's a great way to receive 21 days. Also, we have our Pray First booklet. Many of you have this. If you haven't gotten one, it's teaching you how to pray, when to pray, what to pray, a guide of prayer, right? Scripturally, it's all based on scripture. We wrote this book for you. You can get that uh, in the lobby today. And then two books. Uh, I didn't mention last service, but I want to mention this service. There's two great books that I would recommend for the year. I read them last year. I think they're amazing. Uh, Unoffendable by Ryan Leak. Uh, it's a great book. One guy read it. All right, here we go. <laughs> you need to read this book. Uh, uh, so you don't live 2020 butthurt, all right? Let's take the stick out and let's live unoffendable. Quit being so easily offended and so touchy, right? It doesn't matter if I bring up Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. You should not have a physical reaction. Some of y'all are like, well, I, I mean, but, you know. You, uh. <laughs> Why, why do we even have those? I'm not now, I hate talking about politics, but it doesn't matter about people. We're talking people. We ought to love people. Don't live, offend, don't live this life where every time you look on Facebook, you just get fired up and angry. You should be like, oh man, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray. Every, in fact, do that. We're just every time you ready, you want to just let loose on somebody, you say, I'm going to pray for them, Lord. I'm going to bless them. So that's a good book. And then this book is right here. This is by Robert Morrison. It's called The Blessed Life. It's a great book. Uh, I encourage everybody to start your year off with this book um, and live the blessed life. So let's get into today. I've got five points that I want to give to you. I've only made it to two points in each service, uh, so we'll see how far we get. Uh, but number one, I'm going to give you all five right now so you can write them down. And then over this week and next week, you'll be able to get the content within each point. So number one, we're going to talk about what, fa or sorry, not number one. We're going to talk about fasting and praying and the impact that it has on your life. And these five points are the impact that it has on your life. Number one, it brings your purity. It brings your purity. We're going to talk about that. Number two, it aligns your perspective. Make sure you write this down as fast as you can. If you don't get it down, then we'll just replay them again here in a minute. Aligns your perspective. Number three, it defines your purpose. 
defines your purpose. Praying and fasting brings your purity, aligns your perspective, defines your purpose. Number four, it reveals your possessions. It reveals your possessions. And then five, lastly, it enhances your power. Everybody say power. power. Yeah, come on. That was like six people. Everybody say power. power. There we go. All right, we're getting there. I know we're, all, we're already there. The third service is my favorite service. Y'all are the most awake, fired up, and ready to go. Man, y'all sounded like a choir in here. It was powerful. And now we're ready to receive what God has for us. And when you start this passage off in Acts chapter 2, or Acts chapter 13, verse 2 through, uh, uh, through 3, when you see this, the first, at the very beginning, it says, and they ministered. You see that? And then I, I, I paused and I said, to who? And you said, the Lord. They ministered to the Lord. Our ministry is to God first. Now, that may seem uh, very elementary, but it's very profound, and it's very difficultly done. We need to make sure our ministry is God first, people second. The reason that there is a problem in churches is because, number one, people feel like the ministry job is the pastor's job. We're all called to be ministers. That's the Revelations puts it like this, that Jesus came and died so that we all might become ministers unto the Lord. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to minister. We are all called to ministry. I'm going to say it again and look some people right in the eyes. Stop acting like it's someone else's job. We can't worship for you. We can't pray for you. I, I can't do that. I can't move your mouth. And blah, blah. You're, you're not a little dummy, right? Speak for yourself. Minister, 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 minister. You're called to ministry. You're called to ministry. So we're called to ministry, but we're also we're called to minister to him first. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 1 that a lot of people misquote. It says, go to Jerusalem, wait in Jerusalem. And you will receive power from heaven. Right? And you will be my, oh, somebody, one of my theologians, my witnesses. Witnesses, what does it say after? Oh, we missed a word. It says, to him. It says, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You're going to minister to God for the greater your ministry here, the greater your ministry here. The lack here will be a lack here. You need to have a great ministry to him first. That's why God got mad at Eli because Eli was getting fat off of the offerings and he made his flesh and the people priority over God. And so as he was supposed to be a minister unto the Lord, he became a minister to people first and then to God second. That's why there are some impotent churches and Christians out there because we want to be people first and God second. But we're not people first. I'm going to make people mad. I'm going to, I'm going to upset people. I'm going to piss people off by the way I talk, by the, how I preach, and I'm going to do it. And I like doing it. How many button pushers out there do I got? I like doing that every once in a while. Sometimes I know there's some of you that are like, man, what happened this week? It seemed like you were really pinpointing on something very specific. Because you know what? I'm not here to piss everybody off, but I'm here to piss the right people off. Because Jesus came and showed up, and he made some people angry. And they were only the religious stuck-up people. And that's where we got to go ahead and say, okay, God, I'm not worried about people. People come second. God comes first. As long as I'm in alignment here, I'll be in alignment here. I'll even start seeing people better if I start seeing you better. 
but I need to get ministry here first. So what they do is they fast and pray to get their ministry in order. They fast and they pray to get their ministry in order. 21 days of fasting is not a diet cleanse. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wanted to lose weight anyway. This works out. <laughs> and I could chalk it up for Jesus. I'm fasting for my church. <laughs> Come on. We're, we're fasting because it's all fasting. The basics of fasting. I want you to write this down in case anybody asks you. The basics of fasting is saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. How many times a day are you doing that? Now, for me, I'm going to do a Daniel fast. So it's all fruits and veggies and juice for me. So that's 21 days for me. Some people do all water. A traditional fast would be all water, nothing else, uh, no, no nothing. I mean, nothing else. Take out alcohol, take out bread, take out everything else. You'd have water, not even sex. You're not even allowed to have sex technically on a real 21-day fast. Now, everybody's like, what's... Look, take a deep breath. Everybody relax real quick. All I want you to do is engage in the fast. I don't want a majority. I want every single person. Because one of the things that's going to happen here is we're all going to get in unity. When we're all doing the same thing. So, we have to make sure that we deny the flesh and say yes to the spirit. But we're, we're called to, to not only fast, but we're called to pray. So don't just fast and starve yourself and, and then not pray and be hangry all the time and mean all the time and rude all the I'm fasting. You just got to get over it. This is just how I'm going to be for the next 21 days, right? No. Pray. Get the Holy Spirit in your bones. Have some, have some life and happiness around you. Pray. Make a, make a spot of prayer in your home, hunt. When we come home, this place, when I see it, it's going to remind me we're going to pray today. Make a time, that alarm. Everybody has alarms on their phone. Make an alarm go off at a specific time of day. Take that time of day and pray. Every Tuesday night, right here at 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, it's just worship music playing. Lights are dim. You can come in and pray as long or as short as you'd like. Why not we fill up Tuesday nights? Because really, let me just give you this. As a pastor, I come on Tuesday, but when you talk about prayer nights, prayer nights will be the setup for what happens on Sunday. It's not the other way around. Sunday doesn't impact Tuesday. Tuesday impacts Sunday. Prayer impacts our life. Prayer is the foundation of this church. Prayer will always be a foundation of this church because we need to make it a priority in this church. And so we minister to God and we fast and we pray. And we're called to do this because what we do in the physical impacts the spiritual. What we do here on earth impacts eternity. What I do right now, right? What does he say? He says, if you believe in your heart and you Confess with your mouth, you shall be something physical for something spiritual. What you do in the natural will impact the supernatural. Just like with Moses, God said, Moses, keep your hands up. As long as you keep your hands up, I will give you a supernatural victory here. And if Moses kept his hands up, kept lifting them up towards God where his help comes from. Anybody see what I'm talking about with worship right now? You lift your hands up. He says, I'm going to give you a supernatural victory if you keep your hands raised. Somebody say, keep my hands up. 
If you keep your hands up, keep your head up, keep your life up, lifted towards God, what you do in the natural will impact the supernatural. And since we've been talking a little bit about sex, Paul writes about this, and he says, he says, you think that sex is just sex, but sex is as much spiritual as it is physical. It's, the, it's both are intertwined. We are not just physical beings. You are a supernatural spiritual being having a temporary fleshly experience right now. And one day you'll have a glorified body in heaven. But right now you got to get your mind right. You got to get your heart right. You got to get your life right. And that's the first thing that it does when you start fasting and you start praying is it brings your purity. If you didn't write it down, make sure to write it down. It brings your purity. Now, most of us know scripture and we know that our purity, right? Our righteousness is as a filthy rags and he is the only one who can make us righteous and pure. Our purity becomes white as snow because of the shed blood on Calvary that Jesus played. So when he covers us, that's our purity. But that's for those who have received Jesus Christ in their life. So number one, if you haven't, today's going to be your day where you receive Jesus in your life. And then number two, for those who are saved, sometimes we don't look like it. I shouldn't look around. I should look at the floor (laughs) sometimes. But we have, we don't look because our spirit is saved. Your body will be saved. Now this is theological doctrine here that I want you to understand. Your spirit is saved. Your body will be saved. But your mind is being saved. Because we're, we're really, right? Anybody else who's a sinner out there besides myself, say a good amen. Come on. Well, right. Well, our mind was full of doubt. The Bible calls it the sin of unbelief. Uh, we, it's full of impure thoughts. It's full of jealousy. It's full of envy. Anybody scrolling through Instagram and looking at how great everybody else's life, all of a sudden the wrong thoughts come in your mind, right? And you need to get rid of those thoughts because God wants to make you a clean heart and a clean mind. I want to be clean in 2020. One of the things that fasting and praying is going to do, it's going to clean house. That's what it's going to do. And that's the title of my message today, Cleaning House. We're going to clean some house today. No, it's not spring. Yes, it's time. But we're supposed to clean house because we need to get a clean mind before I try to make some uh, New Year's resolutions. How, How toxic is that? That we'd make New Year's resolutions before we get our mind right. Well, we, 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 we need to get clean. Exodus chapter 19, verse 10 and 11, guys, if you could throw it up on there. It says, then the Lord said to them, Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow let them wash their clothes. Somebody say, get clean. clean. Not the next one yet, guys. I don't want to give them the, that's the thunder that comes next. Leave it here. (laughs) Clean, get yourself clean. Doesn't it feel good to be clean? Somebody who took a shower today, say amen. Amen. It feels good to be clean. It feels good for a nice clean outfit. 
Feels good when you've been traveling a lot, right? I, I did a 36-hour trip to Nepal and back, and that trip was crazy. 11-hour layover in India, a nine-hour layover in Hong Kong. I mean, and on the way, and we didn't have any amenities that we have here in Nepal. So then on our way back, we were smelly, nasty, dirty, wearing the same old stuff, got all kinds of stuff on us, and we just felt gross. And we were looking through this airport like, is there a shower anywhere? Like, we were looking for a shower, and we rented a shower, and we got cleaned up, and I bought a new sweat outfit, and I was like, oh, right? It feels good. It feels good when your house is clean. Somebody said hallelujah. It feels good when you brush your teeth and your breath smells good. Turn to your neighbor right now and say hallelujah. <laughs> now we know who's lying. You have. We want to be clean. But how much more should we want a clean mind and a clean heart to get rid of all the thoughts of the enemy that he's tried to plant in our mind and plant in our heart and plant in our... All these thoughts of discouragement, all the thoughts of insecurities and hateful, all the thoughts of where the enemy comes in with pride and arrogance and he tries to sneak these thoughts in our mind. And how many want to be rid of those thoughts and those words of what other people said about you and said, oh, you're no good, you're nothing, you're not talented enough, you're not anointed for that, you're not called to that, you don't got enough money for that. I want to clean my mind down in 2020 and I want to start fresh because I want a fresh 2020. This is another title of the message, So Fresh and So Clean. We have the opportunity to get a clean mind. A clean mind. A, a clean heart. Isn't that what David cried out? Created me a clean heart, oh God. <sighs> David knew it. You want to know why? Uh, see, not only did David know he was a sinner, but God knew he was a sinner before he called him. They described David as a young, rugged, good-looking man. They describe Saul as a tall, handsome, good-looking man. When the Bible gives specific description to people, especially the Old Testament and the New Testament, Zacchaeus, he was a small man, it's referring to something internally and spiritually. David had a problem with lust. That's why he talks about his good looks. And we see it happen. Saul was tall. And therefore, he fell because of his pride. Pride. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, insecure, trying to compensate by taking from others and making himself look wealthy. When the Bible gives us these descriptions, it shows us and it says, hey, we got to, I want to deal with, I'm going to use you, but I need to get rid of some things. God's still get. that's the best, see, that's the first part. God's going to still use us even though he knows we're jacked up and sinful people. And he knows we got issues, he knows we got flaws, he knows we got all these things wrong. And David, David was the worst and God knew he was not a good dude. He knew he was jacked up, he had daddy issues, he had lust issues, he had murderous thoughts. He knew he had all that within him, but God said, I'm going to still use you. It's okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to get you. And that's why David knew the grace of God even before Jesus came. Is because he said, even in my sickness and in my sin, God still used me. God still called me. God still drew me out of darkness into light. And God is calling you into this. Even with all your flaws, shortcomings and failures. And have a heart like David and say, God, create in me a clean heart. Give me a clean mind. Help me to have good thoughts. I just want, I want peaceful thoughts. 
I want thoughts that aren't destructive. I want thoughts that aren't self-deprecating. Uh, I, so, I want thoughts that, that are positive. I want thoughts that are praiseworthy, that are good. Whatever these things are, think on these. That's where I want my mind. And the last point that I want to share with you today is this. It aligns our perspective. It aligns your perspective. This is powerful. Because I want to see. <laughs> Do you want to see clearly? See, let, let me give you an illustration. If I stand right here and, and I just remain still and I stay standing and I stay here and I never leave here and I'm always right where Landon is, right here, right where you expect me. If that camera all of a sudden can't, can't goes from focus to out of focus, what's changed? Me or the lens? See, the camera doesn't need to be replaced, nor do I. I'm, I'm in the same place. All that needs to happen is an adjustment of the lens. See, God's been in the same place in your life the whole time. God isn't the problem. Your focus is the problem. When I, when I don't know where God is or how oh, I can't see you, God, I need to adjust my focus. But fasting and praying is what will do that. Fasting and praying is what will, will bring perspective and vision in your life. Just like Saul who had the scales come off from his eyes and then he could see clearly the purpose that God had for him is because he got a new vision. Somebody needs to get a new vision in 2020 like Barbara Walters in Vision 2020. You need to see clearly. That's just for everybody a little bit older who knows who Barbara Walters is but you have this opportunity to get clear vision you ever seen somebody who's like not don't have doesn't have their contacts in and they really need them <laughs> travis drawman's like this i'm gonna say his name and he always forgets i don't know why he always forgets his his contact and he loses them yeah i'm like travis let's fix this problem let's go get lasik or something and he's like he'll get like this but what he does is because he can't see he has to find you and then once he finds you he has to get like what'd you say <laughs> and get really close like uncomfortably close and he's like my best friend like way too i'm like travis this is way too close this is, this is not, not not good for me it makes me feel uncomfortable and weird back up a little bit and that's how but that's how a lot of christians live our life just kind of wandering around like, is this, are you God? Or where, what am I supposed, where are you? Who are you? And we have to get so, we, we can't see anything. Our vision is blurred and we don't know how to see. What, how can we see? The enemy has put so much around us. I don't know. I can't see through the problems and the weeds of life. I'm just kind of fi finding my way and trying to figure out. No, no, you just need to get your lens adjusted. You need to get your perspective adjusted. You need to get your spiritual. That's what Paul said. He said, Paul said this. He said, I'm praying for you that God would open the eyes of your understanding. And I pray that happens for somebody today, that your spiritual eyes get open and you can see clearly that you see 2020 with hope, that you see 2020 with power, with love, with peace, with joy, with life in it, not death in it, with light in it, not darkness in it. And God is calling us to see clearly and say, okay, time to, time to see at a bigger level. Because, see, he wants to help you get a God-sized perspective. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I feel like I could preach on this all day. He wants to get you a God-sized perspective because some of us have this microscope of a view of life and all we can see is the little details in the carpet, but God's trying to enhance your perspective, pull you back a little bit, get you a god size. That's why it's hard for some people to be around you because you've got a God-sized vision in you. And when you have a God-sized vision in you, microscopic detail, little people who can't see big, can't think big, can't speak big, those little people can't handle being around you because you got a God-sized vision in you you start seeing how God sees isn't that what Elijah prayed for his servant they were surrounded by their enemies and Elijah's like it's all good man don't worry about it just take a seat and he's all relaxing and chilling this servant is freaking out and he's like hey God will you show him what I see and when he showed him a God perspective all of a sudden, the servant's eyes were opened and he saw a host of angel armies all around them. And he said, man, okay, we can win this battle. I, I don't want you to see with your old eyes of 2019. I want you to see with God's perspective in 2020. Say, oh, I know it looks bad to you, but I'm not looking with your eyes. I'm not looking with the eyes of my haters and my enemies and those against me. I'm looking with my spiritual eyes, with a God perspective that aligns my perspective with his perspective. Come on, church. If you want a God-sized vision, put your hands together. God's about to download a vision in your life, a vision of hope, a vision of passion, a vision that brings life into a community. I don't want a small vision. I got a, somebody asked me, oh, you got to have a million dollar vision. No, no, I want, I have a hundred million dollar vision. And I don't just have a hundred million dollar vision. I don't have a one church vision. I have a multiple church vision. I have a vision and I can't wait till vision Sunday to share everything with you because what God has downloaded in me is greater than me, which requires me to lean on him, to depend on him, to grab a hold and say, oh, no, don't leave me behind. No, 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 this is way too big for me. But some of us, we don't want that because we want to play it safe. When playing it safe is really playing it blind. God has never been pleased by safe living and small thinking. This is the last thing. I'm, I'm, I'm a close. My third closing. But this last, this last thing I want to share with you is the blind man. Remember the blind man in the New Testament? Where's my handkerchief? Oh, Lord, help me. Y'all know me. I get to preach and I get to sweating. But the blind man... He was blind for 38 years. Remember that? Blind for 38 years. And when Jesus shows up, he walks up, he says, now obviously, if you saw a blind person, could you tell that they were blind? He asks him, what's wrong? Even though in scripture it told us what was wrong for him before he got to him. And he says, what's going on? I've been blind for 38 years. And he's like, well, why aren't you healed? Well, every time I try to go to the pool, somebody goes first. In 38 years, you could have rolled yourself into that pool. You could have crawled into that pool. But I, I don't want to because I don't know if I step out or if I, if, I, if I roll or if I walk or if I crawl too much. I don't know. I just want to, oh, I want to play it cautious. I just want to be careful. I don't want to do too much. I don't want to overextend myself. I don't know what, and we just back off when we're really, we think we're playing it safe, but we're playing the, uh, the part of a blind man. 
and we have no place in the kingdom because we have no sight for what God can do and who God is in our life. But when we decide to not play it safe, and you know what? I don't care if I'm struggling with my sight, if I'm fighting through whatever I got to fight through. In 38 years, I better run, crawl, walk, roll to the pool. I better figure it out because I am not going to live on the sidelines of my life waiting. I'm going to step into 2020 with a God-sized perspective and a God-sized vision in my life that God opens the eyes of my understanding that I might see what he can do. Isn't that what he says too? He says, can't you see that I'm doing a new thing? Don't see with old eyes. See with new eyes. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Oh, Lord, we thank you. God, you're good. God, you're good. Come on, isn't God good? Oh, God, you're faithful. Come on, just pray with me. You know how to pray. Don't sit there quiet. We're not going to start 2020 off silent. We're not going to start 2020 off timid and shy and blind, wandering around, leading other blind people. We're about to get our vision back. Somebody's about to get your God-sized perspective today. Somebody's about to get a dream and a vision from God that's bigger than you could ever imagine. Oh, Lord, give us vision. Give us vision. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, clean out our mind and our heart that we might be able to hear your voice in 2020. Every other voice has been much louder because I haven't been cleaned out. I need to get clean. I need to, I need to have a pure heart and a clean mind so that I might be able to hear the voice of God like never before. Oh, if, that's, if you need either one of these, you just need to begin to declare it and speak it over your life. Lord, I, give me a clean heart. Give me a, give me a clean mind, God. Lord, give me a clean thought life. I don't want to sit here battling the same battle, Lord, and losing every time. I know the battle will come, but the battle is yours. And if you be for me, who can be against me? Not even my own mind can win when the Spirit of God rules in my life. And Lord, I thank you, God, that your Spirit is going to rule and reign in our thought life this year. We're not going to think like the devil anymore. God, we're going to start thinking like our creator. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're changing our mind. You're changing our heart. God, you're bringing, Lord, a vision into alignment right now. Lord, if some of us have been walking around judging other people with a plank in our eye, trying to pull the speck out of others' eyes, correct our vision first. Correct our vision first. Guide me first. Clear my mind first. Get me a healthy vision first. Because my ministry is to you first, not to others. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to bring fresh, clear vision, a perspective that we so desperately need. And Lord, with every head bowed and every eye closed right now here and online, I want to fulfill that promise I made earlier. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do something in the physical that will impact your eternity, this is your chance to do it. And with nobody looking around, if you need to rededicate your life or dedicate for the first time, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for the hands going up all over the sanctuary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep your hands raised. I'm going to pray for you. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. I feel like there's one more person who needs to raise their hand. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for that hand. Lord, we thank you for the hands that are raised and the hearts that are open. We thank you for those online, God, that are ready to receive. With every hand raised and heart open and every believer in under the sound of my voice, I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, 
I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I'm forever yours, and I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise, Bridge. Come on.